fight. This is the fight game with Demond Cotton. Hello, hello, and welcome to another edition of the fight game on 12:30. The game. I am your host, Demond Cotton. Alongside me today in the studio. Jared Justice, my tag team partner, flying in off the top rope from a week fishing trip out in Kansas City. Hope that was fun. And a very special guest, my intern. Yes, I have my very own intern. That's how you know I'm making moves big time here. <laughs> Toby. Toby, how do you feel today? I'm feeling great. I'm glad to be on the fight game. I'm ready to talk about uh, the upcoming UFC bout. We had AEW last night. Should be going. Oh, man, look at this guy, Toby. I yeah. taught the kid well. Already sounding like a host. Man, Jared, you, Toby, man. He's only in high school, but Toby might take the job. I mean, that would free up my Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And if you want to be a part of the show, you can tweet at us, at Jared Justice. That's just us, not justices if you need a lawyer. I'm at Demon underscore the boss on Twitter. You can follow the station account at 1230 The Game. You can also call the show if you'd like, 702 702-221-8982. These kids these days, like Toby, they're too cool for Twitter, so you can't reach them there. <laughs> All right. Now, this past Saturday, Joe Smith Jr. took on Arthur Betabiev. And it was one of those fights where, you, here's the deal, but take you guys behind the scenes. Joe Smith Jr. is a part of Top Rank, and it was, uh, it was a struggle, a hassle, to try to get Joe Smith Jr. on the show last week. And Top Rank says, hey, if he wins the fight, you'll get him next week, don't worry. So I guess I'm rooting for Joe Smith Jr. Only one loss in his career, okay. But he was taking on Archer Bidabiev, who was 17 and who's 17 and 0 at the time. All 17 fights, all knockouts. They made sure to tout that. 100% knockout rate. No champion in the sport has a 100% knockout rate. And uh this fight at 175, the light heavyweight division. Archer Bidabiev lived up to the to the, the name. I mean, 17 and 0, he walked out 18 and 0. Second round knockout. Jared, let's hear that final call. Uppercut. Big uppercut. He is stumbling, and this is over. Archer Better BF has done it in destructive fashion. And here's the end of the fight right here. Better BF just taking his time, looking for the right kill shot. You see, he follows the head, lift him up with uppercuts right up the middle. The referee steps in and said, I've seen enough of this one-sided beatdown. And Archer Betterbeev is now about to hear it official that he has his third belt. His third title in the light heavyweight division. And you, we could always look to the future. What's going to be next for Betterbeev? He said that he, he hinted that he wanted the unification fight, wants to be the undisputed champ in, at the 175 light heavyweight division. But he'd have to take on Dimitri Bivol who defeated Canelo in his last fight. So that'd be a big money fight. It'd attract a lot of boxing fans. But, man, Joe Smith Jr., that second-round knockout. In the first round, he's like, hey, man, he got knocked down. It's like, uh, maybe they could have called it. But he was on spaghetti legs. That finish there, it was a it was a couple of good shots. And the ref, he didn't get knocked down again. It was just, hey, let's just stop the fight. He'd already got <laughs> knocked down twice in that second round. It's just, we, we've seen enough. We've seen enough. And I've got to say, um, I was talking to uh, Doug in the building here, another one of my bosses here at Lotus Broadcast, and he's like, he's not a big fight fan, but he enjoys the show and he enjoys listening. So for people who, if you're not that big of a fight fan, 
when you see a guy who is from Russia or a surrounding country, that um that former USSR bloc, and he is a devout Muslim with the chin strap beard, know that that guy means business. <laughs> Khabib Nurmagomedov started. <laughs> what are we doing with that? No. I'm, I'm like slowly going to back away from that. No, no, no. I mean like, no, Khabib. You, you've got, it started ah, with Khabib. Yeah. I'm just saying where you see these guys like we're in the UFC boxing. Oh, man. These guys, because it's all about the sport and their faith. Where you got Joe Smith Jr. It's like, hey, top rank. Who's like these? Both of these guys are champions. Who's going to get top billing? Who's walking out to the ring? Better BF did not care. <laughs> he said, I just want to start the fight as soon as possible. <laughs> That's what I mean. I'm just like, these guys, they it's all about the fight game. And you saw that this past Saturday, and it was just woo, it was just astounding to see. Dominant. Absolutely dominant. Thank you, Toby. That taking the words <laughs> right out of my mouth, a dominant performance. Because going into the fight, you because you sometimes you don't want to believe the hype. It's okay. He's got 17 knockouts. We'll see. You know, Joe Smith Jr., he's no tomato can. But then you watch that fight and you think, man, I know that no one's went the distance with him, but second round, what was the plan? (laughs) (laughs) The plan was to get to the second round. I don't got enough. Okay, where do we go from here? No, 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 no. That's all we had. (laughs) All right, so you guys, if you were in a fight or contest, would you rather, if you know, like, first round, you it's Rocky Four. Ivan Drago's like, he's souped up, and you, you've never felt a punch like this before. Would you rather just go ahead and stay down after the first knockdown in the first round or take your chances and get, get further embarrassed in the second round? I mean, I'm personally, I'm just because I'm a lover, not a fighter. I'm like, <laughs> hey, I showed up. The check's going to clear. I can stay right down here. Hey, man, uh, I'm probably the opposite of Jared. Um, I don't think my dad would let me just bow down after the first knockdown. So, you know, I'd have to go back and try to at least do something. Oh, so you'd go back for more? Oh, always, yeah, always. There was no more he was giving. (laughs) There was... Hey, man, I'll take my chances. I'll take my chances. This is my astute analysis of the fight. It was ugly. It was ugly from the get-go. Oh, yeah, yeah. Great. That was these. Uh, there's a almost perverse joy in the like two excellent competitors going back and forth, back and forth. But there's just as much perverse joy in the dude. It's over. Stop. You're not helping yourself. Yeah. Once he like, after because he got knocked down two times in the second round. That's it. It's like, hey, ref, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> this is malpractice. <laughs> Oh. All right, and now we're going to transition into wrestling. Jared, let's ring the bell. AEW <laughs> Forbidden Door is coming up, but before we get to that, can't leave out WWE. Next week, we're going to have Evan Mack on the show. We're going to have a big Money in the Bank preview. But WWE, they're rolling along, and they they hit the fans with an oldie but a goodie. I know some people are saying, oh, we're tired of it. But the numbers don't lie on the WWE's YouTube page. It, just in five days since this past Friday... Brock Lesnar's return, 5 million views in five days. Let's hear what that sounded like. There is no doubt he is one of the great champions in the history. Oh, my God. Holy hell! What the hell is this? Could it be? It is! Yes! 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 
I just wanted to play that because I always love the, could it be? And that's Michael Cole and Pat McAfee on the call. The, is it? Oh, oh that's his music. Of course it's Brock Lesnar's music. We know whose music it is. But the buildup, the anticipation, the holy hell from Pat McAfee of Brock Lesnar coming out to the ring to challenge Roman Reigns for the undisputed Universal Heavyweight Championship of the World again. These guys are in a never-ending feud. This is Batman and the Joker at this point. They were born for each other, but the fans can't get enough of it. Cowboy Brock, he comes out there with a sleeveless shirt and the cowboy hat. He's the biggest baby face in WWE. He fist bumped a kid, and that kid could have went to heaven right there on the spot. <laughs> the pure joy. Oh, he, I, the kid I just thought he didn't know his own strength. Because the, the kid put the hand out like I put her there, and Brock punched the kid's hand. <laughs> Fist bumps, dog. <laughs> but yeah, that's one of the WWE. It's up. Uh, hey, there's been last week I was talking about Vince McMahon. And I'm like, hey man, this story's probably gonna blow over. There's probably nothing's gonna happen. But in a week's time, the next day, Vince McMahon steps down as CEO, and Stephanie McMahon steps in in the interim. And then WWE said, break glass, make the call to the farm in Montana or Canada, wherever he's living at. We need to get Brock in here. And that does it. Vince McMahon, he's now on a world tour. I got to break this down because it's so weird, actually. Vince McMahon, embattled in scandal. He's not the CEO anymore, but he's still the head of creative for WWE. And he says, hey, that means I don't have to go to all these meetings anymore, huh? <laughs> I'm back on TV. So this past Friday and on the past Monday Night Raw, he just comes out, he gives a speech, tosses the mic in the air, and then he walks out. And it's, what is he doing? But you would think, oh, this scandal, is he going to lose his majority ownership of the company? I think that it's, I think it's almost like a Daniel Snyder situation where who's going to force him out? Nobody. Absolutely nobody. Yes. He doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't have other owners that he has to answer to for this behavior. It's yes, and he owns a majority when it, it's a publicly traded company, and he owns a majority of it. Like, too bad. So, w with all of this scandal that he's got himself wrapped up into, it's just funny to see that he's like, you can't bring me down. These people still love me. That no chance in hell hits, and you see people, you, people are singing along, standing, no chance in hell. And it's... What did he do again? I don't know, man. <laughs> the part that I enjoy would be if there was some internal memo that was like, hey, man, could you stop throwing the mic? I get you're no longer like you're no longer in charge, but it's still our property. Yeah, he's, he's just free reigns, man. Those are $49.99 a piece. I just love it. Like, what was that business? Like, uh, hey, how are we going to start the show? Uh, Vince, I got it. Me. Yes. <laughs> Are you sure that's a good idea? Money. The Wall Street Journal just put the, the piece that they... No, 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 no. I know these people. They don't care. Exactly. <laughs> and there we go. Wrestling fans do not care. And moving on to AEW. AEW Forbidden Door is this Sunday. And it's going to be a doozy. Jared, are you familiar with Forbidden Door? 
you are the audience for people if you if you're just here for actual fighting boxing ufc don't worry brian salmon from news 3 vegas he's going to be on a little bit later and we're going to talk about ufc 276 don't you worry but right now we're going to just keep it in the world of professional wrestling jared for the audience members who may not know what we're talking about this pay-per-view are you do you have a clue of what the forbidden door is no, no, I do not. I have absolutely no idea. I was looking over the rundown and I went, I know some of these names. I know what, <laughs> I know John Moxley. All right. So Good enough. Yeah. <laughs> I am I am purely here for the, okay, and uh, why, why are they important? <laughs> Those are the questions. What is the concept? I know the concept of hell in a cell. I know the concept of money in the bank. What is the concept of, there's a door? Yeah, that's the match. There's a big match. It's called the Forbidden Door match. No, um, that's um, just slang in the wrestling world. Of the promotions of just, hey, you can't touch this other promotion's guy. So if you go to this promotion, he's stepping through the quote-unquote forbidden door. And the forbidden door has now been open as we see AEW working with New Japan. Some of AEW's top stars built their name over in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And now to see some of those same old rivalries to be brought back over, it's exciting for wrestling fans. Or I had Ryan McKinnell on last week, and we both agreed. The build to the show has been lackluster. But wrestling fans, it sold out. It was announced on April 20th that this show was happening. Sold out within the day of it being announced because, hey, man, Chicago this Sunday Wrestling fans just want to see it. Something that you thought you'd never see with AEW's inception is just, hey, we don't know what their working relationship with New Japan is going to be. I mean, you took all their people, so you don't know You don't know how happy they're going to be about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, yeah, you took all of our people and you made your own promotion. Now we're going to help you with all the guys that you didn't take. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, the ones we could keep. But... The Forbidden Door has been open. Tony Khan did it again. But some of the build you haven't seen, some of the big stars from New Japan, the main one, Kazushika Okada, the former IWGP heavyweight champion of the world, one of the best wrestlers in the world if you care about the star ratings. Oh, man, he's got seven-star, eight-star matches and with a five-star scale. He just keeps breaking the scale. That's how good he is. But to see him last night, the build, you know, he's making the save. You have Jay White, Switchblade, part of the Bullet Club. Him and Adam Cole, Bay Bay, they put the beat down on Hangman Page, and Okada comes out for the save. And it was one of those, I wasn't at home watching it live, but when I checked my phone and I saw Twitter when I was out at dinner last night, the friend that I was with, not a wrestling fan, but I was like, oh my God, they did it. They pulled it off. Because you didn't know if he was going to be on the show. The show's this Sunday, and they're finally introducing Okada. They did it, boys. They got it right, finally. So now all of the, oh, the build, it hasn't been that great. I don't care anymore. Doesn't matter at all. Doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> they got the star. Toby, when you saw Okada, were you like, the, I'll take JR saying here, business picked up. <laughs> you know, I was, I was going to go back onto what you said. The buildup has not been great. But when Okada came out, that I'm sold. I'm sold. I can't wait to watch this weekend. And earlier in the show, there was like more credence to the point of they're really just not doing a good job to build this show. Brian Danielson comes out and he 
tells the fans, hey, I'm one of the best technical wrestlers in the world. There was supposed to be a match with me and Zack Sabre Jr. to just determine who is the best technical wrestler in the world. Zack Sabre Jr., a mainstay over in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And Daniel Bryan, uh, Bryan Danielson, excuse me, he announces that, hey, he's not medically cleared. And that's the story of his career with the concussions. I don't know if this is even a concussion issue. He did not disclose what the injury is, just that he is not medically cleared to compete. We haven't seen him wrestle since Double or Nothing. Blood and Guts is next week. He's supposed to be supposed to be on that card. We don't know. But he said, hey, I've got a secret opponent for Zack Sabre Jr. And then this is the part where I don't know what they're doing with the build. Zack Sabre Jr. comes out at the end of the promo, stands at the ramp, does a little jawing with no mic, and then we go to Excalibur and JR at the table, and it's like, for the fans, the start of the show, if you're watching at home and you're, hey, I don't know who this Zack Sabre Jr. guy is, but he's supposed to be one of the best technical wrestlers in the world. You're just like, okay, here's a six-foot-two scrawny white guy, and that's it. That's all I got to see from him. But they should have let him come down, cut a bit of a promo on Brian, on Brian Danielson, because for those comic book fans out there, if Brian Danielson is your Superman, he started the Yes Movement in WWE, the little underdog that could... Zack Sabre Jr. is the bizarro because you got Brian Danielson. He's a vegan. Zack Sabre Jr. I'd say he's even more vegan. You've got <laughs> Brian Danielson. He's the five eight. Are, are there levels to vegan? Yes, it is. Google. Exactly. You've got the five. You've got the five eight guy. But then let's let's stretch him out and elongate him to make him six two, <laughs> even skinnier, and British. I, it's just one of those. He 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 heals it up to a level that I don't think that Brian Danielson can go to. Because Danielson's healness, it's, hey, I am just nastier with my in-ring work. I'm landing in a little bit more. I'm not pandering to the fans. But when Sabre Jr. cuts a promo, and he's basically just ranting and raving about whatever he wants, about how everyone is so stupid, and he's the smartest man in the world, you just have to say, dang, I hate this guy. And it would have been a great match to see Who's going to be the best technical wrestler in the world? But the point is, I feel like I hope that I'm doing a good enough job of putting over Zack Sabre Jr. because AEW did nothing. <laughs> <laughs> You're selling the event for him. He just comes out, does a little, yeah, basically, does a wave. They didn't even let him bring out the uh, Union Jack flag, let people know he's British or something. <laughs> he has a character. Instead, it's like, how many people in the crowd would you say would have gone? Is that a stagehand that just sort of got lost? Well, they did play his music. But if oh, you don't okay. know his entrance music, it's just, hey, here's a guy. <laughs> is, that, is that the guy? You, you probably wouldn't have known. Is that the, is that the secret opponent guy that he's going to bring for him? Or is that, that the guy? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely no idea. Because to me, people like Toby, we're big fans. We know who he is. But there's just the bill. That's all. I still want to see it. I don't know who Brian Danielson's mystery opponent for Zack Sabre Jr. is going to be, but I'm excited. Maybe it could be Jonathan Gresham, the Ring of Honor world champion, who is also a technical wizard. Or it could be formerly of the WWE Cesaro, Claudio Castagnoli, and you would really want to see that. You know, he's been sitting on the shelf for a while now. That would be very, very exciting. Yeah, I piqued your interest. Yeah, you started rubbing your chin there. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. All right, now let's run down the rest of this AEW Forbidden Door card. We're going to start at the top, the main event. Interim 
for the interim title. I do not like interim titles. If CM Punk's injured, just take the title off of him. For the Don't AW do my boy World like Champ- that. Don't do my boy like that. <laughs> Yo, I'm doing him like that. No, he no, can't no, 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 no. Hey, no. He's still the champ. It makes, but it the champ. makes Best the comeback the that much greater. Exactly. exactly. Like, so when we, we have, we took away your title. Well, no, he's interim, so he's still going to have the title. Oh, okay. So then we're going to have two guys holding a title in each other's face or whatever. So we've got John Moxley versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Woo! Business is booming. <laughs> Tanahashi, Moxley. Been wanting to see this one for a while now, too, and it's going to be for the AEW World Championship, the interim title. So with it being the interim title, I don't think you let Tanahashi just win your title and go back over to Japan. No, we all know this is a no-brainer and Moxley's winning, but it's going gonna, it's gonna, it's gonna to be a great main event for Forbidden Door. Great match, because just a great match. Both great fighters. I love Moxley. Uh, you think there's going to be a lot of blood? I don't know. I don't think, yeah, Tanahashi, it's, hey, I don't know if they cut the check that big. For him to say, I'm going to be out here bleeding all over the place. I know that's Moxley's thing, but hey, yeah. maybe, maybe Moxley will bleed. Yeah, I think Moxley definitely will, as he always does. <laughs> all right, then moving on to the IWGP World Championship match. It's a fatal four-way now. You got Jay White, the IWGP champion. Kazushka Okada, who made the great save. Hangman Page and Adam Cole. Bay Bay. Bay Bay. Come on, Jared. You got to say that. Yeah, it's Adam okay, Cole. Okay, baby. There you go. Thank you. Right. There you go. Give it the program. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm reading the rundown. I, I was not told the baby. Oh, I, I didn't include it on the yeah, rundown. You're just supposed to know. Yeah. And that's going to be because we see Hangman Page. Ah, uh, man. He said he wanted Okada. And it's like, hey, we don't even know if Okada's going to be on the show. Hangman's the new champ. And then Adam Cole is just, hey, hey, Jay White, we're friends, right? Adam, that was basically Adam Cole's whole pitch to be in this match. We're buddies, right? So how about you just have the match against me? And then you get the big schmaz. You got all four guys in the ring. And, hey, now we've got a match. And I'm very excited to see this, mainly because I'm just excited to see Okada wrestle on pay-per-view here in America. The first time that he – well, not the first time because he did plenty of excursions over here. But the first time I got to see him wrestle live here in Vegas, I took off work and I was so excited to be there. It's like, hey, Okada live here, right here in Vegas. And I was so excited to see that. So I'm just going to be even more excited to see him on this pay-per-view. Who do you got winning? Who do you, who do you think, Toby? Oh, man. Um, I think I would like to see Adam Cole win it. Um, big Adam Cole fan. But I think it might be Hangman Page. I think they're going to give him it. No, no, because the yeah. New Japan's not going to say we're going to let you take our title. It's one of those. It's got to be Okada or Jay White. Because neither company is going to say, we're going to let your guy. But how interesting that would that be, though, if they extended it into another storyline where they keep coming on AEW? Hey, man, those travel visas, I'm sure they're hard to get. <laughs> you know? <laughs> True, but that would be good for both uh, companies. Yeah. It'd be good. But I still, I think Jay White retains. And then one of the AEW, they keep piling on all these championships. It's getting a bit annoying. The All-Atlantic Championship, the inaugural, the inaugural champion is going to be crowned in a four-way match between Pac, Miro, Ishii, and Malachi Black. And this is one, I think it's got to be Miro. He's God's favorite champion. I love that as a moniker because he's the chosen one. God's favorite champion? You got to give him the championship belt. Who you got winning? Um, I would like to see Pac win it. Honestly, uh... Him or I, I don't think they'll give it to Malachi Black. 
Um, but I do think Miro will win it, but I would like to see Pac. And for the IWGP United States Championship match, Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy. Jared, I think we could probably sell you <laughs> on Orange Cassidy because he's the guy. I'm, I'm Google Orange Cassidy, he does like the character. He pets, he has his hands in his pants, and he just, you know, he's got his hands in his pockets, and he really just doesn't care about wrestling. Oh, okay, yeah, no, I think I think I've seen I've seen clips of this guy where it's just genuinely like, so you're like you're you're. The way you're selling this is that you're aloof. Yes. Interesting. All right. I don't think I've ever seen. I don't think I've ever seen anyone be go with the eh, whatever. I'm about to go do a wrestling match. And it's great. It works every time. Him and Will Ospreay, they're going to tear the house down. People are going to be enthralled by that match. And then, because I know we're running out of time, we got to get to Brian Salmon before we go to break. The ROH and IWGP Heavyweight Tag Team Championships are going to be on the line. Winner takes all. FTR versus Jeff Cobb and Great Ocon versus Rapongi Vice. And I think FTR is going to take this one. Toby, who you got? Uh, yeah, I think FTR is going to take it as well. I, th- I don't really see anybody else winning that one. All right, and when we come back from break, we're going to be talking to Brian Salmon from News 3 here in Vegas. Don't go anywhere. Foot has him down. He's got a verse. He's got a verse. Looking for the tap out. Oh, that's a deep. That is a deep. Yeah, There's the tap. Wow. Kevin Holland. Beautiful. By submission. This is The Fight Game with DeMond Cotton. All right, and we are back here on The Fight Game on 1230. The game that lovely rejoin was made by my intern, Toby. Good job on that one, Toby, and I'm pleased to introduce my next guest, Brian Salmon from NBC News 3 right here in Vegas. Brian, how you doing? I'm doing all right, DeMond. The fight game, baby. I I like seeing what you're doing, my man. I like it. All right, and I had to get you on because for a little teaser, I tweeted out the video. You used to do tap out of the week, and you were in the cage with Sugar Rashad Evans. You know, so you know. You've been covering the UFC for how long? How far back is your relationship with the UFC? Wow, that, I'm old, man. I appreciate that. You but you look so young, But man, I've, I've been covering the UFC since the UFC was headquartered on Sahara Boulevard. When when I could go down to the office and be like, "Hey, I like I like to do a one on one with Dana." Like, okay, cool. Um, I, I covered the UFC so long that Dana White offered to pay for me to go down and cover the very first fights that they ever had in Houston. And that was a Matt Sarah-George St. Pierre fight. He was like, I'll pay for you to go down there to cover the fight. And I was working at Channel 13, they wouldn't allow me to do it. But um, That's how long I've been covering the UFC. Before they had press conferences, before they had those uh, ceremonial weigh-ins, before all of that. Woo! Been putting some time in the game. (laughs) I'm I'm only trying, I'll work just as hard as you to get those those credentials there. But just take it back. Before we preview UFC 276, UFC Austin was a card that was filled with wow. stoppages. I mean, wow. it was, hey, knockout, submission. Man, the card, I don't think, was there a decision on the whole card? Uh, there was a bad decision, the main event. <laughs> oh, that's right, the main event, excuse me. <laughs> that's oh, Calvin was, Cater, man, I thought Calvin Cater won that fight. So what, what, did, what did Emmett not do enough for you? Because nah, both, no, go, I, go on, go on. I'll no, let you I, I don't think close he, yours. I, I don't think he did enough in that fight. I mean, I I thought he he did well, but I thought Cater landed more punches, um, and uh, he he did good damage in the fight. I mean, it, it was a close fight, but I, I really think that Cater won at least at least three 
of those rounds. I, I was I was somewhat shocked. And I, I I believe that the announcers believe it as well. That's why they're so mum. I mean, it's kind of the way of the UFC nowadays, which, I, I mean, I, I get it. They don't want to associate it with boxing. But they've been, there's been some pretty, I don't know, bad decisions in my my opinion. I, I believe that Shevchenko, I think she lost her fight as well. Well, that one there, I think that that's judges not being able to score grappling properly where there's, there, there's no incentive. If you're not doing significant damage on the ground, they don't even care about the takedowns. Yeah, which is bad. I mean, they need to watch the tap out of the week because submission <laughs> uh, attempts, <laughs> that counts for good offense. You know what I mean? If you hold somebody down for over three minutes of a round, a la Ajame Sterling, you should win the round. Yeah, that's true. I'm, I'm right there with you because when you take someone's back, that's not that's not an easy thing to do. Exactly. So it's things that like they should be scored. You know, in wrestling, you know, you have takedowns, you have reversals. Like these things are added to your score when it comes to, you know, the end of the contest. But I just feel like in the UFC, they're going away. Striking has just become the the new wave. That hey man, if you're not ma- if you're not busting someone up or getting this <laughs> or actually winning the fight by submission, submission attempts and takedowns are just not mattering as much anymore. Now, I agree with you. I would agree with you. I think it's kind of the way. And unfortunately, it's because, you know, a lot of the judges aren't as well versed in MMA as they should be. You know what I mean? There's a lot of good judges here in, in Las Vegas. I'll mention one, and he's probably not listening, but this is a good shout-out to my man. His name's Larry Mir, a guy I used to work with. He works as an RJ now, um, cousin of Frank Mir. He's had some uh, some amateur MMA boxing – or am- amateur MMA um, – fight uh, with Tough Enough. You've probably heard of Tough Enough. Yep, Barry yep. Myers. Yeah, which is um, a great organization. But I used to do play-by-play for them as well. You go on YouTube, you can hear me do a play-by-play for that. So, I mean, um, and he has trained to be a judge for MMA fights. And he is extremely knowledgeable. He's fought. He knows what, you know, submission attempts are. He knows what, what, you know, strikes are and everything else. They need more judges like him to judge MMA fights. All right, and next week is the 10th annual UFC International Fight Week. What can fans expect? Because this is going to be the first one that I'm going to be trying to cover as media. What is there to expect with International Fight Week? One of the biggest things, in my opinion, to expect if you're covering International Fight Week as a fight fan like you are, like I am, you cover this stuff, man, because we're fans, man. We love this stuff, right? So you get an opportunity to, to see, meet, greet, take pictures with some of your favorite fighters, man. Something that a lot of people don't have the opportunity to do it. And to me, that's the biggest part of it. I mean, you'll, you know, you'll get a chance to, to, to see, you know, um, I'm trying to think of uh, uh, Usman. You know, you'll probably see Usman around somewhere. You'll probably see, like, the champions around doing autograph sessions and taking pictures. A lot of these people, man, are, 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 they aren't as accessible as they used to be. Like, when I first started it, you know, back in the Stone Age, before they had color televisions and whatnot, when those covered it, you um, you know, like I, 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 you could go to Randy Couture's gym and see Forrest Griffin there training. Go chop it up with him. You know what I mean? You could go see Randy Couture training. Go chop it up with him. Nowadays, it's not the same thing. You can't just walk to a gym and go see like the the light heavyweight champion of the world. You know, so that's the biggest thing to me about Fight Week is that you get, you know, these fighters are very accessible. I think it's great. All right, and the card that's going to be headlining fight week is UFC 276. Woo! Israel Adesanya <laughs> versus Jared 
Cannoneer. Yeah. The the killer gorilla? I, I hate that nickname. He's Me he's too. got thank you. He's got <laughs> cannon in his name. Just be the cannon. The cannon. <laughs> I hate it for a different reason, but yeah, nah. yeah no. I hate it. I hate it. I hate it for that reason too. <laughs> we know. We we do know. We understood. Doesn't need to be said, but yeah, man. Uh, he he could have a different name. That's him growing up in Alaska. Hope <laughs> <laughs> he, hope he's not listening. <laughs> Don't want no smoke. But then, but his journey. I, I do not. His journey, we'll get into like the rest of the card, but Cannoneer's journey from a heavyweight, his first yeah. fight in the UFC was at heavyweight. And I think that part of his success at 185 has just been that he looks like a monster. He went from a guy that was like a little chubby and overweight and he's got some heavy hands to this guy looks like he's chiseled out of stone now when God. you see him fight at 185. And to me, that's one of the most impressive things about this is that he's even able to make the weight. Like, I don't understand how, man. Like, that's what... That is absurd, man. You are 1,000% right, and which is uh, the reason, the biggest reason, why I don't want no smoke. I mean, he, yeah, he, he is just, he does look like he's chiseled out of stone, got the braids, he got the mean look, he's got the name that we don't like, but still, you know, it's got killer in the front of it, so still. Um, yeah, man, he, he um, I, I like his journey. I mean, the fact that he lost the weight and he's fighting at 185, which is absurd. Uh, it makes it even more menacing. However, as Stephen A. will say, however, uh, him going up against Israel Adesanya, man, like this, he's a he's a tailor-made fighter for Israel Adesanya. Unfortunately, you know what I mean, like he really is. I mean, Israel, first of all, he's going to have the reach. He he doesn't have to worry about any takedowns. It's just a basic kick matching, a kick kickboxing matchup with Israel. And what is he best at? I mean, that's his, his angles, and Israel uses kicks better than Cannoneer does. So, I mean, you, it, uh, it's a tailor-made fight. He, it's Paula Acosta um, who throws more punches and isn't just talk. Oh, don't get me started about that guy. Fake, a fraud, a phony. He's all, 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 all combined. <laughs> oh, my goodness, man. This, this wannabe model. I don't want no smoke with him either, but still. <laughs> This model talking all that trash, man, and got up out of there. Didn't throw no punches, was scared, man. Stop it. Stop it. Exactly. But with Adesanya's style bender, it's interesting that you say that because I at least expect Cannoneer, he's going to have to respect that power. But do you think that he's just going to, you know, maybe just stall him out, just a few, a few strikes, you know, you know, to win the rounds and just use his reach? Or do you expect these guys to mix it up? Oh, no, I, I, I 1,000% expect him to mix it up. Cannoneer is not the type of dude – but he's not going to pull a Costa. You know what I mean? Like that, he won't do that at all. Like he will fight, and he'll he'll make Israel have to fight. And the fact that he's a stand-up fighter and he's not he's not um, super unorthodox like my man was the wrestler. I can't even remember his name right off the top of my head. Who was the wrestler that Israel fought? Oh, that's the fight. Um, the uh, I want to say he's a Brazilian dude, super big. He fought Paulo Costa. It was a great fight, but he didn't throw any punches. And it looked really bad. Israel basically just leg kicked him to death and kind of, oh, I can't remember his name, man. Ball head dude. He's a, man. He's a wrestler. Cuban. Oh, I know who you're talking about now, too. Man, I've got the image in my head, but we are both blanking on the name. Yeah. I, I've got to pull up his, his, fight, his fight history now because once we say the name, it's going to be one of those, ah, oh, man. It's killing me. It's killing me. 
but it won't be like that fight. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, it won't be like that fight, man. Cannonier will make the fight happen. I want to say it's not Santos. That's a different dude that he fought. Good. That just drives me crazy. I would have looked it up on my computer now, but it's not turned on. So uh, we're just gonna. But, I'm gonna find it like as soon as we end the interview, and we're gonna have like that that aha <laughs> moment. But, but, <laughs> we'll call him the Cuban. But Cannonier, man, he's gonna make the fight happen. He's gonna go at Israel. And Israel will fight him. Like it's not like he's scared of him. And I, I think that works out bad for Cannonier because he's not as high of a level a striker as Israel Adesanya is, man. And this is this is something that you'll understand. I'm looking forward to seeing you at Fight Week going to um, – you're going to be able to go to the, the different media sessions and whatnot? Please say yes because you need to be there. Yes, I'm uh, trying my best. Okay. And the reason I say that because the last fight that we had pre-pandemic was Israel Adesanya – and it was also Wiley Zhang and um, Joanna Jacek. Mm-hmm. That was the last fight that we had pre and before the fight. They had media day over at the UFC headquarters in which basically they had the fighters walk out. There was 10 of us standing there. There's a microphone stand, and we're basically standing right in front of the fighters. And that was the only first time, only time really, I think, that I stood in front of Israel Adesanya. And he's like 6'2". And he, he looks like there's no way that he's 185 pounds. It's crazy. Like he's a big dude. For 185 pounds, I weigh 185. You know what I mean? And, he, I mean, he's a – and, I, and I'm, I'm chiseled out of stone. So, I mean, it's crazy okay, the fact that <laughs> – I'm making sure you're listening. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy, man. Like, Israel Asani is a big dude. I can just imagine how big Cannoneer is in person. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, Toby, the intern, you got the answer for that name we were looking for. Uh, I believe it's Yoel Romero. Yoel Romero. Thank you, uh, Toby. Man, I'm I'm not going to even mention the, the Toby the intern that we're going with. Yeah. I mean, what else is he's Toby the intern, <laughs> a student over at Faith Lutheran. <laughs> That's a beautiful thing. Yeah, that's what Dana White's kids went to school, I believe. Yeah, he did. Yep. Yeah, Toby the intern. That's good, man. You got you have yourself. A very um, edu- uh, intelligent intern. I appreciate it, man. So he learned intern. from the best. All right. There you go. <laughs> All right, the co-main event, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Max Holloway for the featherweight Ooh. title at 145. Ooh. I want Max to win so bad. But Volkanovsky's just been so dominant. How do you see this one playing out? Man, Volkanovsky's so good. He is so good. Man, I love listening to you can't you 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 cannot wait. I'm telling you right now, you cannot wait to hear a post fight press conference with Volkanovski. Man, he is one of the most entertaining dudes. And let's just go back and listen to one of his press conferences. He's so so confident, so smart, so funny, so good. Can you believe that that dude used to weigh what is it like 200 pounds or something like that, 210? Oh yeah, exactly. I, when I look at him, I think if I were ever going to try to be a fighter, that would be my journey as well. Because I'm also in that five 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 six range, and I weigh 200 pounds now. You weigh 200 pounds? Yeah, man, I'm a big boy. Man, real quick, while we're and that, <laughs> that's not that's not you on your Twitter uh, picture, is it? What are you talking about? The, the Twitter picture, your Twitter, uh, you know, the background picture of the wrestler. Yeah, that's me. Did you do like some kind of wrestling or something? Yeah, I'm yeah. a pro wrestler. I showed Toby the intern some of my fine work yesterday. Toby, what'd you think? Wasn't too bad. I mean, he was getting his butt kicked at first, but, you know, we're not going to mention that. We're not going to, you know, yeah. Yeah, you're not going to say nothing about that. I pre- Don't even say that he got his butt kicked, man. I, that's good. 
Okay. I was like, man, that dude looks just like DeMond. That's crazy how he found this dude. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, um, with that being said, yeah, man, Volkanovski's a monster, man. That, that's going to be a great fight. I think that Max, I think Max, eh, he could have won the second fight, but that's going to be a great fight, and I can't wait for that one. All right, we're talking to Brian Salmon from News 3 here in Vegas. You know, only a couple of fights left that I want to get to so bad. Sean O'Malley, that's the one. Yeah. Pedro yeah. Munoz, that's on the main yeah. card. Sean O'Malley, 15-1. and one. I think that he is overrated, overhyped. He does have some skill. He's got some talent. I'm not saying that they're just propping him up and he's going to fold like a sack of potatoes when he actually faces some competition. But I just don't like the, hey, the big mouth hype. I've got colorful hair, and you're getting the rocket put on his back. But oh. I digress. What do you think about Shine <laughs> O'Malley? I've let my feelings be known. Yeah, man, you're just going to hand the baton off to me, and I get to say, basically repeat what you just said. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, for real, for real, I do like, I do like to listen to him talk. I do like he, he understands the, uh, the, the wrestling aspect of mixed martial arts and selling a fight. And, and they, I mean, I don't know if, he's a a surrogate child of Dana White or, or what and why he's been given the golden ticket, man. But I mean, they are man, they promote the heck out of him. They love him so much and they do not feed him they haven't fed him to anybody who's any this is first top ten fighter, isn't it? It is, and I'm so happy to see it. Yeah, but I mean it's the number ten guy though, right? <laughs> Um, you know I mean, I'm not looking at it right now, but I think so. Uh, I I, I want to say I think it's the number 10 guy, but uh, it's about time he's fighting somebody who's supposed to be somebody. And he's the first fight on the, the main card, which is cool. I want to see it. But it, it'll be good to actually see him face somebody who's supposed to be somebody because he has been hyped. And I believe what you believe. If he were to fight somebody like the top five or something like that, that he would get hands put on him because he gets hit too much, man. And he – yeah, I, I'm just – I'm not a super fan as of now. And I know a lot of people say this, like, oh, I could go in the octagon and get beat up. But that Matino fight where he steps in on short notice and people were like, ah, but that kid hung in there. It's just like, okay. So he got punched in the face for five rounds and you're just lauding over Sean O'Malley. Give me a break. Uh, real quick, some breaking news here. Cowboys uh -oh. stepping in on short notice to fight Jim Miller at UFC 276. Because Cowboys, I think it's like two fights in a row have been postponed and we're just like un unforeseen circumstances. Yeah. I I think that was like the universe's way of saying, hey, Cowboy, hang it up. How many more fights do you think that Cowboy has left in him? Me and you should be co-hosting because I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I I agree 1,000%, man. Yeah, because first of all, it's not like he has been fighting very well when he's been fighting. That fight against Conor McGregor was atrocious. It, was that his last fight? I don't know if he's fought since then. I don't believe so either. Fight, I was at that fight, man. I, I That was atrocious. <laughs> Uh, and Joe Lozon, whom I shot a tap out of the week with Joe Lozon back in the day. In that, lets, that lets you know everything that you need to know about why that fight shouldn't happen. <laughs> old on old. <laughs> There's not a person fighting that I shot one of those with, man. So, no, absolutely. Um, yeah, man, whatever. I mean, you know, whatever. Donald Cerrone's going to fight. I, honestly, I was not a huge fan of him anyway. To be quite honest with you, man, like as a, yeah, I mean, he's he's an old guard where he's not super skilled. He's just tough. Like he's a tough fighter. Kind of learned some skills and got in there and started fighting, which a lot of the older guys were. You know what I mean? 
like the Forrest Griffins of the world. Like Clay Guido. You remember, you remember that? I think you, um, did you tweet about that, that old fight, the Clay Guido fight? You said you were there? Yeah. Exactly. I was at that fight, man. Yeah. I got pictures with Clay Guido. You will see one. Yeah, man. That, that was, he was just a tough dude, man, with crazy cardio. Um, a lot of those guys were back in the day. So, yeah, man, I, I'm not a huge Donald Cerrone fan, man. So, and Jim Miller's going to piece him up. Jim Miller's been fighting forever. All right, we got to end this. I don't want it to end because this has been so much fun. But, Brian, thank you so much uh, for joining me, man. Got to get you back on ASAP. Yo, I, I, I appreciate you having me on, DeMar, man. Congratulations on, on getting the show, man. You deserve it, man. You, you know what you're talking about. I need to start seeing you at some of these fights, Playboy. I'm working on it. Thank you. <laughs> All right, DeMar. And, and Toby, the intern. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good one. Thank you. Uh, all right. All right, and that was Brian Salmon from News 3 right here in Vegas, the local NBC affiliate. We'll be right back to wrap up the show. This is The Fight Game on 1230 The Game. Welcome back to The Fight Game. All right, and we are back here on The Fight Game on 1230 The Game. Before we wrap up the show, we can't close it out without a few good minutes with Jared. And boy, are they going to be a few because we went long with Brian Salmon. Jared, what you got today? All right, so as uh, you know, I was bow fishing up in a small place called in um called macomb illinois that's actually not the town the town i was in was so small that that's the next biggest town it's got seventeen thousand people but anyway i'm out on the river and we're bow fishing and my dad my brother-in-law and i all release an arrow and we absolutely just destroy this fish like rip it in half i did not know that that's what you meant by bow fishing you mean actual bow and arrow Yes, I was absolutely. just going to be oblivious and just like nod my head and go along. But, so anyway, okay, keep going. We're, I'm all so three interested. of us just destroy this carp. Like it is not, it's not at this point, it's fish food. So we're reeling it in and we're reeling in our arrows and we go past the duck blind and I see a full like, I mean, foot and a half long carp and I'm the only one who's got his arrow ready and I pull it back and I let it go and it bounces off my arm. And as oh, you got a pretty gnarly seeing, bruise there. It is literally, I have a bruise all the way down my arm. And it was so bad that it caused the arrow to hit the, you're supposed to hit something with an arrow perpendicular. I hit this fish with the side of the arrow. But you hit the fish. I mean, I hit the fish. But I mean, but you I, hit the fish. Yes. I, hit I mean, it sounds like a win to me. I oh, mean, yeah. you got the bruise, but I mean, it sounds yeah. like mission me accomplished. Me and the fish both walked away with an enormous bruise because we both got injured in the predicament. Yeah, but uh, you walked away with your life. <laughs> <laughs> Any fishing trip you walk away from is a good Yeah, place. I mean, you know, I'm sure the fish would rather trade places. <laughs> well, no, it got away because it got hit. Oh, it got the, away. It got hit with the side of the arrow. Oh, I thought you still got him. No, I hit it with the side of the arrow, so it just basically just got a, you know, a rib contusion. Man, the fish in Illinois are laughing at you, man. Yeah. All right, and that's going to do it for the fight game. A few good minutes with Jared. Excellent as always. <laughs> Thank you to Toby the intern. He'll be back next week. I've got my own intern. For how long? We don't know. And thank you to Brian Salmon for News 3. Next week, International Fight Week, Money in the Bank. Evan Mack from The Ringer is going to be joining the show. This has been the fight game with Damon Cotton. Protect yourself at all times and be safe, everybody.